quit being the world's best kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and today I have Molly Aspen. After seven years of working in corporate finance and a background in accounting, Molly found herself waking up every morning thinking that there has to be something more. While she appreciates her coworkers and her company, she wanted to directly impact the lives of others and felt complacent, surface level happy, like life was on autopilot and she was going through the motions. She felt bored yet overwhelmed, and with busy days and mundane outcomes. She knew that there was something more that she wanted to give to the world. She found herself wanting more time, flexibility in her schedule beyond the corporate conference calls, spreadsheets, and keeping up with the emails. She wanted to create meaning through her work and felt passionate to live in alignment with her priorities. Looking for a solution, she started working on herself, her nutrition, fitness, daily personal development. She found that these daily habits created productivity, energy, and opened her eyes to a future career. She has surrounded herself with others who are growing, and in doing so, she sensed a larger need to mentor other overachieving females who wanted to the same thing she wanted, to feel healthier, happier, and live a life with more meaning and purpose. Today, she leads teams of over 1,200 coaches, helping other women find more fulfillment in life. And she has achieved the highest rankings of team Beachbody coach and found a true passion for leadership development in the process. She is a firm believer in helping women create options for their families, financial flexibility, location flexibility, and time flexibility. So they are waking up every morning with feeling peace, excitement, and purpose. When she's not helping a high achieving women, She finds her joy in fitness, reading, running outside, hiking, and spending time with her family at the lake. Molly lives with her husband, Steve, and two young girls, Kate and Claire, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to the show, Molly. Awesome. Thank you, Deborah. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you because, you know, we did this podcasting swap and this is, this is the cool thing about being online, being on on social media is that when we feel drawn to different personalities or people or their messages that we can connect with them and, you know, do swaps or gain learning from them and move forward in our lives, knowing that we're not on our own along this journey at all. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful. I had an opportunity to be on your show and you're amazing. So I would love for you to start off by telling everybody about your podcast as well. And then we're going to dive into some questions. Awesome, Deborah. So I have a podcast called the dream it, do it podcast. Um, I'm about almost two years in, I have about 70 episodes and we really focus on going after those heart tugs that you feel when you know, there's something more in you. You're grateful for what you have, but you just know there's 
a bigger calling, a different calling, you want to contribute to the world in a greater way. Um, we talk about how to make those pivots and how to do the quote unquote scary things to bring it to life. And bringing it to life is so important. The first thing I thought of is, do you have some swag? I, I can see people wearing t-shirts, you know, dream it. I, do I it. don't, I don't, but I should get some. That's a good idea. <laughs> Who needs to get on that? You know, really, you know, putting out those positive messages, really getting people to shift is really important. And one of the things that I wanted to just jump in and talk to you about is the narratives that you hear some of these high achieving or overachieving women saying to themselves. And we know, you know, men listen to this podcast as well. So, you know, wherever we talk about women, just insert men. And you can also relate in a lot of different ways to some of these scenarios. So you can own whatever you hear as your own and integrate what is valuable to you throughout this podcast today. So Molly, I'd love for you to talk about some of these common narratives and let's really dive into the stories that people are telling themselves. Yeah, I think one of the most common narratives that I hear and that I, I catch myself doing it too, right? Even, even in working on myself so much throughout the last several years, but it's a narrative of I'm fine or life's good, I'm fine you know, I'm, I'm grateful. Things are good. Yeah. But, but in our heart, it feels like there is something missing and that we know we could be doing more, be doing it different, be living more aligned, but we don't really have the answer. So we just keep living the steady autopilot life. And, you know, Deborah, I know you talk a ton about mediocrity and I think it can, you know, the I'm fine narrative can be a dangerous one because Sure, maybe things aren't bad enough to feel the need to make a big change, but they're not great and they're good enough. You know, they're good enough. And so we kind of just stay treading water and living this, you know, I'm just going to say a vanilla life. And it's, it's not that we're not grateful or finding the joy, but it's like we're not stepping into those true gifts um, that I also know you speak a lot about. So that's the big one that comes to mind is I'm fine. Life's fine. I want to tease you because I love vanilla over chocolate. And <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about the plainness, the the just it's the settling mentality. Yes. When I hear that, I'm fine. I can always tell when I'm having a conversation. You'll say, "How's your day?" and and you're going to be excited and energetic, and they'll be like, "I'm fine." Mm -hmm. You always hear this little pause before they answer. And that's that pause where I like to dive into, because yeah. you can probably catch the people that you've worked with when they pause before they answer, mm -hmm. knowing that the narrative is not fine. And when you grab it and say, oh, you know, that doesn't sound like you're fine. Mm -hmm. what, do, what do you find when you get that extra level deeper? Yeah. I mean, the next level deeper as well, you know, I'm not, not loving what I'm doing mm. or life feels really busy, but not fulfilled. Mm. You know, we live in this, this busy culture and it's like, yeah, I understand your day is filled with things, but a lot of times they're the things that people don't really want to be doing the things that aren't making them feel alive. And so, you know, you start to unpack their daily routine or if they are filling their own cup and it, it's usually no, it's usually their calendars are full of things that they don't necessarily want to be doing anyway. 
Yeah. And is it in a need to do or a want to right. do? Or is it that you're just doing it because you feel like you're obligated to? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, that good enough mentality is, you know, that sitting on the fence. It's not committed to myself to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've had periods of burnout that, you know, you've shared on your podcast and what had, what was transformational for you to move from that burnout or being in the busyness to move into breakthrough? I think you really have to focus on you. And it sounds so cliche because when you're in a burnout season, it feels like there's not a lot of time for extras. It feels like you're already just kind of trying to keep afloat. But what happened for me is I started to take control of areas of my day where I could, you know, the morning and the evening, specifically the morning, I started, I started listening to podcasts on my drive into work. I started doing some morning journaling and reading my first personal development books, which, you know, that was an area like the self-help section of, of Barnes and Noble. I was like, oh, that's not for me, you know, but I started to peel open those books and read some and just, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day it started to give me a new outlook. And, you know, that didn't change my world immediately. It didn't make the burnout disappear, but it definitely gave me more pep in my step every day. And it kind of started to peel back the layers of who Molly is and what Molly wants. And it helped me gain clarity, you know, because I think so often we're not even taking that time to really listen to what, how are we doing inside and what do we really want out of life? And so, I also got in really into daily workouts and, you know, giving yourself that, those endorphins every day that really helps. So between working on my mind and working on my body consistently, it seemed like my world started to open a little bit more. And then I, you know, was able to really set myself up for change for the longer term. And that's huge. And one of the things, you know, because when you get back to the basics of and making yourself a priority, you can really shift and move. And, you know, that with that journaling practice, you can pay attention, like you said, to the narrative. Yeah. Because, you know, often our narrative isn't true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what we're believing, what our perception is, our reality. And one of the things, the key words that you said, the burnout season. You're not making that this is now who I am. This is how right. I show up. And this is I'm burnt out. It's a season. It's a period of time that you're moving through and you leave that season. Just like, you know, we have spring, fall and winter. We can move and it's not defining who you are. So I really love that. Good. How do you set people up for living in alignment? Well, I think it's some of what I just shared, really taking the time to, to write out what do I want? <laughs> and, and at the same token, what do I not want? And start to identify how do you want life to look? How do you want it to feel? And sometimes we can't create it with the snap of our fingers. We usually can't, but I'm a big believer in the compound effect and the, you know, doing the small habits every day success habits, Deborah talks about those a lot, like small, healthy habits every day that make us feel good. It usually pulls out alignment in what we really want. And, you know, I think the problem is we don't, 
we don't give ourselves the time. We don't give ourselves the space. We go to work, take care of the kids, go to bed, rinse and repeat the next day. But when you just start carving out a little bit of time and you do it over and over again, it's like it adds up to a lot. And that's, that's how my life changed so much. And when I look back, it, it didn't take too long. You know, it was probably like a year where I look back where it was just an incredibly transformational year of Molly working on herself for 30, 30 minutes to an hour every day. And so I think that that is what can really help people live in alignment, no matter the age, no matter the season, like diving into you. Yeah. And diving into you is so important. Like I, I cannot stress it enough, like being and paying attention to the words and the language that you use. Yes. Right. Um, one of the things that I recognize when I'm coaching people is the word try, for example, mm. I will try something. Well, you're either doing it or you're not, right? And even when people journal, there is no right or wrong way to journal. It's about just allowing those thoughts to flow. But I'm going to share a brief story, and I would love for you to share something from your journaling experience. So I was on an airplane, and there was a girl coming home from a conference, and we got on the topic of journaling, and she had talked about how she scripts out her journal as if it was the most positive and amazing day. And, you know, and I had never heard someone script out that intention of how that day will go. But I've also, um, you know, learned about scripting it, writing out how the day will go, but then at the end of the day, to write out a nighttime journal Mm. about how the day actually went. And over time, you will start to see those move into alignment. So I'm experimenting with that right now. So, you know, to understand that there's so many ways to journal and what aligns, but to know that you could script out, because when you put out into the world, which you're, you're wanting, for example, and intend to move toward, you know, Mel Robbins talks about the RAS system, you know, you buy the red car, you see that red car everywhere. Yeah. But there's something special about inking it and thinking about it. So I would love to hear your experience of how journaling has impacted your life, because I know that you do journal and write, write out your story. Yeah, my journaling is always evolving, you know, and so like you, Deborah, I'm always trying new practices, seeing what feels good. And then and then I kind of change them as I go. But one specific practice that I'm doing right now and I'm loving and this is probably about two months in is um, I I learned this from a book called The Gap and the Gain but it's writing down three wins in the morning that you want to take on for the day and he defines them as three important wins so they're not the urgent things they're not um, you know I'm going to go to this meeting they're like three important things that you would love to to tackle throughout the day. And they can be business, family, life, Um, but it's writing them down in the morning and then in the evening, like rewriting them, you know, if they happen and kind of like celebrating the wins. And I've just found that since I've been doing it, those three things are happening every day. And, you know, the logic behind it is what you focus on expands and what you focus on, you get more of. And it puts you in this mindset of, I am always winning. And I'm getting things done and I'm doing these important things. 
and there's only three. And he encourages, you know, don't do more than three because then it just becomes a brain dump, a big old to-do list. Right. Um, but I'm really finding that to help me. And, you know, I, I love journaling gratitude, specific gratitudes. Um, but the, the wins exercise is really helping me right now. Yeah. I really love how, like that, just that statement. So powerful. I am always winning Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to have an opportunity to design your work around your life. Cause you shared with me that your husband and you both quit corporate jobs and just went traveled for six months. Yeah, I'd love to hear about what (laughs) was all involved and um, what did you learn about yourselves in the process? Yeah. So we were uh, both about six years into our corporate jobs out of college. So we were in our upper twenties and we both felt a tug for something different. You know, we say that we liked our jobs. We didn't love them. We knew there was something else out there for us, but we didn't know what we also just both loved to travel and experience new things. And so he kind of had this wild, it felt very wild at the time on, you know what, Molly, maybe we should just quit our jobs, sell some of our stuff and travel for six months. And when he initially told me, I was like, you're crazy. Like we can't quit these good jobs, you know? Um, but the idea sunk into me and I was kind of starting my personal development journey at that same time. And I just, I kept thinking about it and I kept going back to it and I kept thinking, you know, you know, what's the worst thing that could really happen where we had, we had, where we were doing well financially, we had saved money, I was like, let's, let's give this a go. We don't have kids, like let's experience life. And so we did it. And, you know, a lot of people around us thought it was crazy and, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing that. But when you know something, you know it, you know, and it was like, our decision was so clear and so strong and sure it helped that we had each other, but yeah, we traveled for six months. We went to 16 different countries, um, met a lot of really cool people in the process. And you know, it's, it's just a huge world out there. And what I learned, I grew up in small town, Minnesota, and then I went to college in Northern Minnesota. And I just felt like the world is so big. And I felt like my problems were so small. And I think traveling can really do that to you. It just opens up your eyes to, to other ways of life and other experiences that are out there. So we gained a lot of clarity on that trip. I remember sitting on one of the beaches in Thailand. We were on a small Thai island and we both just kind of talked about what we wanted life to look like when we got home. And we said, you know, I want to be doing this kind of work. We just like talked about how we wanted each day to feel and look. And we really vowed to each other that we didn't want to go back to just living through the motions and being in the corporate rat race that we both felt like we were in. Right. Um, and we kind of just, we redefined our careers when we got home and, you know, we landed on our feet. Like I think uh, uh, most people do when they kind of take that leap. Um, yeah. And it was to this day, it's like, we always say that is the best decision that we've ever made together. You know, it's very powerful, especially for everyone listening that, you know, the leap that you take, like you, you did plan and prepare, but it was still a leap, a leap yeah. Faith that everything was going to work out, you know, with this gap window, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things, the things that start um, that I jotted down here that I was really focusing in on that tug for something more, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a calling. It's a tug for something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah. And also that you both had the conviction 
you had a conviction and the courage and belief in yourselves that you got each other and you're going to make this happen. And, and I love the communication because not in, in not all relationships that, you know, people will say, and I've coached some of them, you know, that they don't have the support from their partners and to have that communication of together, what do we want this life to look like? Mm -hmm. And when you can just open up the dialogue to see what's possible. I know like the other day I was talking about, you know, my dream trip to Italy. Right. And then there was this comment of like, well, would you like to take a cruise for half of it? And I'm like, never, never even considered it. And now I'm yeah. like, Oh, you know, do some land, do some, do yeah. some water and go see some other countries like outside of Italy, like Croatia. And, I'll, and I'm like, wow, I just opened, opened the idea. And I was like, wow, we're going that far, <laughs> you know, you yeah. might as well expand the reach. And uh, it just it added a different excitement, a cool. different anticipation. And the other thing was that you got to redefine of what you wanted life to look like. So really designing the work and creating that life by design versus life by default. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that a lot of people who might be listening to us right now have fallen into that default because they don't know if there's anything else that they can do. So when people are looking to make a change, what are some of the things that you find that they overlook? I think that a lot of times we will sign up for a different job or a different role just in a, under a different roof instead of really stripping it back and going, okay, is it just a new job title that I want or a new promotion that I'm seeking? Or, you know, in my case, I could see the corporate ladder and I could see the the promotions and many of them were happening, but I kind of went back to my ladder is on the wrong building. Mm. Like there is something like, this isn't the path for me. And, you know, I see this for people. A lot of people will get higher education and get, you know, MBAs and additional sort of certifications and all of this. And that's great. I'm, I'm a big fan of higher education, but sometimes I think these are ghost steps or steps that we don't, that aren't ultimately getting us to where we want to be. They're just, you know, moving for the sake of moving. And so I think it's really looking at, okay, what would your ideal day look like? take time away, take money away. What would you want yourself to be doing? What would you want the days to be looking like? And, you know, I don't think most people want to just, you know, live on a tropical island and twiddle their thumbs all day, right? They want to be contributing to the world in ways that feels good. Um, And so really asking yourself those questions, what do I want life to look like? What do I want life to feel like before just signing up for the next thing? You know, and I think, people end up playing small mm-hmm. and they do just do the next thing. Cause they're like, I don't know what else to do. And they're, they're afraid to expand out of their comfort zones because yeah. it's safe and nobody will judge me if I stay here. Mm-hmm. And this is where we fall into people pleasing and people pleasing can really, from my experience, it's where you lose part of yourself. Yeah. But I would love to hear you talk about how people, we can lean in more to our true selves versus maybe other people's approval. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think you may have may have said this at the beginning of this episode, Deborah, but you know you best. And there's there's a quote I love that says, if you approve of you, nothing else matters. And I really like that quote. And I try to live by that quote. If I approve of me and what I'm doing and what I'm pursuing and really nothing else matters, right? Like if you, it's, it's you, like you are the ultimate decision maker of your life. And I had to work through this a lot, um, partially because of my background, where I grew up, it, you know, there's just a lot of judgment and the, the pressure to do what was ever, whatever was, you know, on the path, like get good grades, go to college, get married, get a house, have kids, you know, just like very box checking. This is how we do things. And you know what, there was nothing wrong with it. But when I felt a calling to take a different path or maybe a more non-traditional path, then it, it was really hard for me to pivot. And so what I always tell people is sure, take opinions from those that love you most. But a lot of times they're two things. One, they're just trying to keep you safe. They haven't lived that journey. They didn't, they don't have the same goals as you. So they are probably going to have feedback that is irrelevant because they're not living the life that maybe you want to live. Um, and so, you know, you can take their feedback with love, but you don't have to use it. Um, and then another, another thing that happens is some people, they, they just truly don't understand it. Right. And so that is where you might get the naysayers or the haters who are just, you know, they're living a different life and they, they don't understand your growth or your mindset. And so, those opinions you really just have to dismiss and not even let them go into your subconscious. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I know from my own personal journey of pulling back layers and understanding our stories that, you know, we came with is that what is the true sense of me? Mm. Right. And it it was interesting. I was training for a marathon and I was listening to Tony Robbins talk to Siri Lindley. She was a world triathlete champion and coach. And uh, I really just was in awe of her journey. And while I was training, I was out for this run and all of a sudden I stopped and I was just like, yes, this is it. That we get so caught up in people pleasing that it ends up that we're seeking approval and validation that we're okay. Mm. And, you know, I, when I was training for the marathon, I only had a handful of girlfriends that I told I was doing it. I didn't even tell my family until the night before. And one, I didn't tell them until I was seven kilometers in because Mm. I didn't want someone saying, Hey, you should be training. Why are you eating that? Yes. And I thought this was the one race I was doing for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was breaking out of needing approval. Do you think it's okay? Do you think I can do a marathon? Like I didn't ask if I thought it was okay. And one of my girlfriends said, well, what made you decide to do one? And I said, I just considered it done. It was the next thing to do. Like I didn't have a big rationale behind it. Yeah. It was like, I had done a few halves and I thought, no, it's, let's see what's possible. I, in my head, everything's considered done once I declare it. That's awesome. And it's being able to move through it. And, you know, I'd love to hear, like, did you feel like you had 
needed validation or had moments of that approval. Cause it's amazing to me, we can live on different parts of the world, mm-hmm. but we all have this piece that says, Hey, um, we're checking these boxes. Yeah. I definitely felt like I needed approval. And for me, it was really with my parents and it was funny because I was almost 30 years old, but like really seeking this approval from my parents who, you know, it's a different generation. They, they weren't familiar with the work I was doing or how it all worked. And so I, I didn't necessarily have that approval from them. But what I found is, you know, obviously my parents love me. They did a great job raising me. And I sat down with them and I just explained why it was important to me. Mm. And so I think if these are people in your life who, you know, you love and you trust and you really, you know, are wanting their approval, sit down and explain your heart, you know? So I shared what was on my heart and my vision of, you know, where I wanted to go with my business and my life. And from that day forward, I had their approval, right? And it was like, no questions asked. So I think sometimes the loved ones, they don't really understand your true desires. And then, you know, to Deborah's point with the marathon story, I think there's also some people that you don't need to share your hearts and your heart and dreams with, and you don't need to share the big goal. If you know that they're just not going to get it, you know, Sarah Blakely, the CEO of Spanx, she always says that she didn't share her idea for Spanx for like two years until like the patent was out for it. Or, you know, she had like really been working on it because she's like, you don't, you don't have to share your dreams with everyone. Not everyone gets to know about your dreams. And I think there's some validity to that too. Yeah. I, and I think that's really powerful because, you know, I, and I've seen some posts also recently about, you know, keep it to yourself, let, let it happen. And let, then watch the naysayers be your biggest supporters. Right. Yeah. Uh, It is amazing to see when we unconditionally love ourselves first, that when we go and share it with others, that they'll be like, okay, I understand. And I might not understand, but I'm willing to accept that you're going to go ahead and do this. Right. Right. And, you know, I I even caught myself the other day. I said something to my sister and I said, Hey, I, I I don't know if I'm going to tell mom and dad. She goes, you don't need their approval. And I'm like, (laughs) but it's, you know, you get caught into old habits of, you know, saying something and it's like, Oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) You know, I don't. Yeah. And I'm like, but they're always my parents. Right. Yes. Yes. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what they'll think about this. And she's like, do you have to tell them? And I'm like, well, I usually share lots with them. So it's been a very interesting journey. Yeah. So Molly, how can, one of the biggest things on the show is what, what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Mm. I think living rich from the inside out is really living in alignment with your priorities and building work and career around those priorities in, you know, in a way that just feels so good to you. And I know that can sound a little woo woo, like, how do I make that happen? But I do believe that we can all make that happen, you know, and I'm a mom of two little girls, and they are a huge priority to me. And so is my career and my husband, and I want to do all of the things well. And I've learned that like work life integration is really important, because how I do my career transfers into motherhood and, you know, how I am as a spouse, 
And so I think it's really focusing on the priorities is your career making you come alive so that your, your family priority, which I have to think is one of your top priorities too, can feel in alignment, you know, and can feel rich and, you know, not just in finances, but rich in how, in waking up excited and feeling that aliveness every day, because I know that's what I crave every day. Awesome. Awesome. And what is one book that has been transformational in your life? Mm, The one that comes to mind is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Excellent book. Excellent. And how can people, of course, stay in touch with you, Molly? Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at molly.asplin. I also do have a a bonus guide. It's mollyasplin.com slash goal guide, G-O-A-L guide. Um, And that is a, it's a freebie worksheet that you can print off and it really outlines specific goals you want to work towards each month and specific actions to go along with them. And so if you're a goal-oriented person like me, you might find that worksheet helpful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Molly, for sharing your tidbits and sage advice to our audience here on the Millionaire Woman Show. We're grateful to have you. Awesome. Thanks, Deborah. Take care. Take care. And everyone, thank you for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. We'd love for you to go over to my website at www.debrakasowski.com. That's debrakasowski with an S-K-A-S-O-W-S-K-I.com. You're going to get your 10-page Reset Your Mindset PDF to really dig down and create that focus and growth in your life to challenge those goals and go after your dreams. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast or watching this on video, we would love for you to rate, share, let us know what you're doing while you're listening. And uh, it would be great to hear from you, rate, subscribe, and hit the bell if you're watching on YouTube as well. As Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always, go out and make today great.